faith, fight, basketball. This is the F2 Basketball Podcast. All right, guys, we are back with another F2 podcast, and we are here with Ralphie Ferrari from USF San Francisco. How's the weather out there, Ralphie? You know, it's been pretty hot. It's been great. Thanks for yeah. having me. I want to appreciate you guys having me. It's, Absolutely. It's, uh, and we had the, the fires and whatnot, so that the, the weather was a little smoky for a while. But uh, getting, you know, we had another fire earlier in the week, uh, over the weekend, actually. But uh, it's Man. a little more under control than the past few. So it's been crazy, but, you know, it's, it's, it's been good. Yeah, and so we've had a heck of a 2020 like, I mean, and, and it seems like it's the overwhelming topic of just like, what else is going to happen this year, you know, and, 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 and certainly in college basketball, it's kind of like that. We didn't know what was going to happen with college football. And, and so there's a lot unknown with college basketball. I'm, you know, out West, we're, we're, we're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You guys are out West. You guys are dealing with wildfires. You're dealing with stuff that we don't deal with over here, but it seems like everybody's going through a whole bunch of stuff. Talk to me real quick. We're just going to dive right in. Talk to me about the psyche of your team, you know, with the wildfires. I'm sure you've got some local guys on your team. Um, how, do, how do you guys navigate that along with, you know, all of the other stuff it feels like it's added to? How do you guys navigate some of that uncertainty? Yeah, you just try and stay positive with the guys. Um, you know, they're just so happy to be back and playing basketball again. And uh, with, like you said, with, you know, everything that's going on between the coronavirus and the wildfires, it's been a crazy time. But I think the kids are just happy to be back. Um, you know, we've had to adjust our practice schedule a little bit because of the wildfires because the AQI in San Francisco was, you know, very poor. So we had to actually travel down to Burlingame where I live to practice, which is like a, you know, 30 to 45 minute ride, depending on traffic. Um, so we had to do that twice um, in that time frame where the fires were real bad. So that's, you know, it's hard for the kids to do, but you just, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do in order to play. So we're just doing everything we can and staying extremely positive with, with the young guys. So Certainly. And, and, and being able to adjust is something that makes a really good team good, right? When, when things sure. aren't, aren't going according to game plan, making, being able to adjust and make things uh, go in the direction that you want them to quickly. So you guys leading that way, I think is, is huge, especially for these, you know, 18, 19, 20, 22 year old kids. Um, You know, speaking about everything else that's going on in our world right now, certainly the coronavirus pandemic, all the politics that's going on right now prior to the election, uh, certainly the, the, the racial tension that's going on in our country that probably you and I have never experienced anything like what's going on in our lifetime. What is, what is the, the position for the coaching staff in terms of opening up conversation? Uh, How are you guys handling that? What, what kind of, what kind of conversations are you guys having with the players or is it something that you guys are more quiet about or? Yeah. Coach Golden's very proactive with that. Uh, you know, yesterday we sat the team down and told them that everybody needs to register to vote um, as many other schools are implementing, um, which is good. You know, the kids need to, to exercise their right to vote and it's up to them to decide who they think is the better candidate. Um, and we've talked about that quite a bit. We've uh, coach Golden has actually 
he actually started the Coaches Coalition for uh, for Progress and Change um, for you know racial equality and, and social justice, which is fantastic. I'm a member of that, so that's been great. He's talked to the team about that. He's trying to make a real change instead of just you know tweeting or putting on Instagram, which is not in my mind and other people's mind real change because what what are you know you're bringing awareness and light to the issue, but are we actually making change? And what he's doing is fantastic. You know, he's, the goal is to go into underprivileged um, areas and in inner cities and, and get those young kids equipment and better their education and um, teach them more about basketball and, and show them the right way to live and how to be successful. So what he's doing is fantastic. And, um, you know, that, that's what we talk about at USF, which is it's a good start for change. It's something that needs to be done. Absolutely. And so talk to me real quick. You're a young coach. You're, you're 26 years old mm-hmm. and uh, you're an assistant USF. How, what is that like having that sort of leadership? Like, like this is the, this is the guy who's, you know, who's giving you orders in a sense, but also, you know, that you're, that you're, you're serving under. What is it like having that sort of leadership? Somebody that is so proactive, somebody that, um, that is going to be a part of the change in terms of action. What does that do for you as a, as a coach that's learning from him? Yeah. Coach Golden sets a phenomenal example. He's a, he's a really great person and, and a tremendous basketball coach. You know, he's young, he's 35 years old. He, he understands the youth, you know, he can relate to the kids. And I, I just believe he really sets a great example with his everyday life, his habits, his work ethic, uh, he knows the game really well. He can relate to the kids, as I said. I think he's just a really good role model for somebody like myself and the players and other coaches. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like it. And I don't know him yet. You know, you and I, you and I got a chance to connect over the summer last year when, when uh, Frankie was, was in Myrtle Beach training mm-hmm. you know, for, his, for his pro workouts. And uh, so you and I got to develop a relationship there. Tell me about you paying your dues, right? So you're, you're 26 years old. You're an assistant coach at Division One college level at a great, great university at a, at a really good program. I mean, so did you, did, you just, did you just land there? Did you just get lucky? Like, talk to me about some of the ways that you paid your dues because I, I know it's there. Yeah, so my official title is, is director of scouting. Mm-hmm. And they actually changed the rule that um, – you know, support staff is allowed to be on the floor now. So, you know, I'm involved in, in drills and working guys out. And it's, you know, it's, it's, I love what I do. I think it's the best yeah. job. I wouldn't change or trade this job for anything. Um, and I actually started in 2017 as a team manager. So Frank was a, a junior, a redshirt junior at the time. And I had just transferred to USF. And he put me in contact with Kyle Smith. He then put me in contact with Todd Golden, who's now the head coach. And, you know, at first they were a little hesitant because Frank was on the team and they didn't want a conflict of interest with me as a manager and him as a player, which made sense. So they came in and they they told me that I could work their summer camps to start, you know, work with the kids, see if you're doing a good job, if you like it, and then we'll go from there. So I worked all their summer camps that year in in, uh, 2017. And then, uh, you know, did as well of a job as I could, you know, was there every day and brought energy. And um, 
And then when the fall rolled around, started showing up to practice. And then they find, you know, then they're like, all right, well, we're gonna let you help out. And, you know, what's special about your role is we don't have a video coordinator. So you can help us out with some video stuff. So I said, you know, excellent. I didn't know anything at the time about the role of the video coordinator. I kind of just jumped in and was like, all right, let's, you know, let's do it. So right. I would download, you know, posing film and, and give it to the coaches and I'd film practice, film games, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you know, the role of the manager, you're wiping the floor, you're rebounding for guys, you're grabbing water, you know, you know, setting up practice. It's the dirty work, but it's something you have to do in order to, to move up the ladder if you didn't play college basketball. And that was the, the, you know, role I decided to take. So I was going to own it and do the best I could. And I stuck with that for the year. And then when the year was up, I met with Coach Smith. And uh, he took me on as a video coordinator in my first year. Did that. And then he left for Washington State. Coach Golden was hired. He kept me on and, and bumped me up to director of scouting slash video coordinator. And uh, so I did that all of last year, which was fantastic. It's a great role. You're really involved with scouting reports and, and player personnel breakdown. And it's a lot to learn and a lot of fun. And then, you know, this year, same role because of coronavirus and everything that's happening. Um, and with, when they change the role, I'm allowed on the court now. So that's huge. Um, so it's just, it all kind of, it was like a snowball effect. It went from one thing to the next and hoping to keep it rolling. I'm very yeah, and thankful for the opportunities I've had and, and, very blessed for Coach Smith and Coach Golden to take me on and, and give me a job. Yeah, and 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 what I hear in that, Ralphie, is that you were just willing to do what it took, you know. And I think a, a lot of a lot of us want they, we just want what we want and we want it now. Right. And and you you were willing to step into the role that they gave you and do your best at it. And I'm not surprised because I know Frank and I know you. Right. I, I know that you guys are just really good workers. You're going to excel in the role that you're in and you're, you know, you're going to do your best and make the team better in whatever way that you can. So I'm not shocked by that, but it's really important for our other young coaches that are listening to this, you know, that you did start out as team manager. You started out working the, the summer camps. You started, that's where it started. Right. And there's absolutely no shame in that. When we, when we keep moving up, you know, and we keep getting more opportunity, it's because you excelled in your role. If you didn't, if you didn't excel, you know, at running the camps, they're not going to give you something else. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, for motivation, I keep a, a picture on my phone of, of where Nick Saban started and where Mark Few started. Mm. Bill Belichick. I mean, those guys started as grad assistants, Urban Meyer, Tom Herman, you know, those guys, the great coaches, you know, they start on the bottom and you, you got to work your way up and work hard. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned, people working and just wanting things handed to them. We, we get a plethora of managers that come in every year. This year is a little different. Right. And they all say, oh, I, want to, I want to be a coach or I want to be part of the team. It's okay, well, you know, show up to practice every day and work and you get about 15 of them that, that are there at the start and you end up with one or two that are left because nobody wants to work. So I think the longer you hang around and the better job you do is you're going to get an opportunity if you work hard. Yeah. Right. If you, if you can be trusted with the small things, then you can be trusted with some of the bigger things, right? Absolutely, yeah. I know it's the same, you know, and certainly the same thing in, in the player development business, the training, the business, you know, how many guys are like, hey, I want to do what you do. And I'm like, 
you sure you want to you sure those those early years like things look pretty decent for me right now but those early years man i don't know if you want to do that yeah and sure. uh but it's good because it weeds out the ones who don't really want it that bad right right right, right? so t tell me tell me how what you think the college game and the high school game um they're so different uh but what is it something practically that you feel like really translates from the college game to the high school game that some high school coaches could say, Hey, all right, well, maybe we're not going to try and run those actions or, you know, there's right now there's no shot clock where we are in high school basketball. Mm -hmm. So what do you think some of the things, some of the, maybe some of the drills or some of the things that really translates to the high school game that some college coaches could take from this? You know, I think a lot of, college coaches will say that they wouldn't be able to learn from a high school coach or a few would say that, but I, I think some high school coaches know as much as college coaches, you know, um, basketball is basketball, you know, it's tricky, but it's not something that's, it's not rocket science, you know, right. it's basketball at the end of the day. So I think you can learn from anybody, whether they're a high school coach or a basketball coach. And, um, you know, I, I remember a lot of things that we did, in high school when I was playing for my dad that we do it, you know, at, at the college level, a lot of it's yeah. the same and a lot of it's different, you know, in college, you have the, the very detailed, you know, film breakdown and, and everyday long practices and a lot of teaching and a lot of, you know, you're getting guys to buy into your system and your program, which is a little different than high school. Um, in college, you, you're recruiting, you're, you're picking your guys, rather as high school, they're kind of just assigned to you, you know. Right. Um, but I, I, in a way, it's very similar and a little bit different, um, if that kind of answers yeah. the question. Oh, you're right. I mean, uh, the, the simplicity of basketball is score more points than the other team, right? Or, you know, <laughs> that's when it, when it boils down to that. Yeah. What, do you, what do you feel like has been something as you've progressed that you've learned like about like how much more you need to learn or like what have you in terms of whether it's uh, working with other coaches or information on the game or what do you feel like you've been absorbing the most out of lately or any, any resources, any clinics that you've gone to that have really, really, you know, made a big difference in your approach to the game. Yeah. One thing was, well, two, actually two things that stood out were the, on the college level, the non-basketball stuff that you have to deal with, alumni, donors, boosters, um, team dinners, you know, tip-off dinners, um, you know, people coming in and wanting really to like be a part of what you're doing. This was super cool to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't like to deal with that outside stuff, but it's, I, I don't mind shaking the hands and doing all the, that kind of stuff. Um, no, fist bumps now with the coronavirus. Right. <laughs> um, and then another thing was, was the, the preparation for a game is so detailed at the college level and the scouting reports are crazy detailed. Um, we spent a lot, a lot of time on that. And that's something that Coach Golden, you know, prides himself on is his preparation. And he's always, always, you know, top-notch prepared. And in high school, we did not have that. That's one thing that was a huge difference is, you know, we spend, you know, I'd say in total a couple hours, maybe more, just showing the team what the other, you know, what our opponent does. Um, two days before the game, a day before the game, and that that was really a change for me because I had no idea that 
because I didn't obviously didn't play college basketball, but in high school we did not, none of that. And for the team to spend so much time on what the other team was doing, I was like, wow, this is very interesting. And no wonder, you know, when they come down and call out a set, our team's like, all right, you know, switch this or, you know, play this ball, you know, play this ball screen the way we're supposed to play it. We're prepared for it, um, which is which was really cool to me. That was the two biggest things I, I caught on quickly and learned about. Yeah, and so that level of preparation, which is huge, the high school teams that act more like college teams, it's more in the preparation, right? I mean, so so high school, you know, there's, there's, there's a ton of prep schools, there's a ton of um, private schools, and even some of the really great public schools that spend so much time in the details, and it is in the preparation, but certainly colleges are at such an advantage because you all have the time uh, to do that sort of preparation. And the resources as well. I mean, you know, the high school, it's hard to get all the software and the, and the program that you guys need to, to do that kind of stuff. But it's Absolutely. doable. It's doable. Right. Now, so the, another difference is, look, you've got – you guys are recruiting, right? And you're recruiting. You've got to get players that fit, the, fit your mold, right, fit, fit what you guys do. What are some of the basics that you guys really look for in players, you know, I remember coming out of high school and just hitting up a bunch of coaches and saying, Hey, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to get on your team. You know, I was under, under recruited. I wasn't recruited at all because I was, I was maybe not recruitable at that time, but, but I remember coming out and thinking, well, I could play for that team. And when I look back at it now, I'm like, no, I couldn't have played for that team. Like I, sh I shouldn't have played in the ACC. What, what, so for maybe even players that are listening to this now, like, what are some of the things that you guys look for in the players that you're recruiting? So maybe some of the intangibles. Obviously, you want the six-six athlete that can do everything. All right, right. So don't get that all the time. What are some of the other things that you look for? Yeah. No, to stay away from the, that kind of stuff, you know, we look for guys that have good work ethic and guys that, you know, are great teammates and guys that want to be a part of our program. Um, it's cliche, but it works. Um, you know, you, you don't want – you don't want to bring in guys that have bad attitudes and, and guys that are all about themselves. And I'm sure you've dealt with that before as well. It's hard to deal with. And it's like a, it's like a bad apple. You know, they just, they bring down guys around them. So we try and get good kids, you know, kids that excel in the classroom, kids that are um, going to lift the teammate up when they're down guys that, that want to be a part of something special and think that they can win at USF. And that that's huge for us. Absolutely. And so we're, we're actually going to take a clip of that for sure. And we're going to make sure that every high school player is listening to that because that's the deal is that, you know, you guys are about your program. Certainly you want players to, to excel individually, but if the whole, the collective excels, they excel individually as well too. And the attitude piece, the effort piece, like so many kids and I'm, you know, I'm working with a bunch of high school kids that they think if they have the right highlights or they get the, you know, if they get the, the right shout out from the, from the scouting people that maybe they'll get the offer, but they don't realize those intangibles of what you just talked about are, are so important. Yeah. And on our recruiting PowerPoint presentation, we have a slide just devoted to it's great work ethic, great attitude, great attitude, great work ethic and guys that want to be here. Those are three main topic main points yeah, yeah that's huge i love it i love it all right so what would you if you're talking to a high school coach maybe a, a coach who wants to move up they're starting in high school maybe they're a young coach they want to move up the ranks 
they, mm-hmm. they're looking to get into college basketball at some point. Where would you say to start? You know, I would say it's funny. It's funny you bring that up. Mike Magpio, who's now the head coach at UC Riverside, great coach, great guy, was one of my mentors early when I was a manager. He was a uh, high school basketball coach, and he wanted to get in. <clears throat> excuse me. He wanted to get into college, so he emailed um, Coach Smith when he was at Columbia, and they got in contact. and He said, "You know, I'm willing to do whatever. I'll come volunteer." I just want to be a part of your program and learn from you. And that's what he did. He started off volunteering and then was hired. I think he was ops or maybe an assistant, but he eventually became an assistant and then got started that way. And now he's a head coach. So I would say, you know, maybe just start going to, you know, your local, you know, university's practices. Coaches are definitely willing to let people come in and watch, especially if you're a high school basketball coach. I mean, we have, high school basketball coaches come in every couple of weeks and watch and we're more than willing to have them stick around and, and they can ask questions, you know, just that's a good way to get involved just by showing up and being there. Um, you know, the final four is huge too. Um, that's a big coaching you know, network to go to. Uh, I go every year. I think it's a super good time and you can meet new people, make connections and contacts and learn from them. You know, even something as, as a graduate assistant role to start, if you don't have a master's, some, if a high school coach wants to really get involved and they don't have a master's, volunteer to be a GA, you know. A lot of mid, mid-major mid and low-level schools need help. So we're always looking for good, qualified grad assistants. Um, I think those are three, you know, good ways to get started. Yeah, absolutely. And those are, those are ways that anybody can do them. You don't have to be – Yeah, no. If you're willing right. to donate your time and be there every day, somebody will take you on. There's yeah. no doubt for, for high school coaches. I dig it. So tell me, tell me like uh, you said, going to the Final Four. Well, the Final Four didn't happen in 2020, right. sadly, because there was a ton of teams that really deserved yeah. being a part of that NCAA uh, tournament. So hopefully we see it, you know, in this coming year. But tell me real quick, what, is, what has been some of the hardest stuff about this year I mean you, you spoke a little bit to the wildfires mm-hmm. you know I, I know things are, are certainly more challenging from a recruiting standpoint I mean I don't think the thing that that recruiting opened up until what September this year I mean yeah. uh, in terms of contact I mean so so what has it been like like in terms of the challenges that your your staff or your university or whatever has had like what's been tough lately that you guys have had to really work through I think just the the un, you know the unknown What's going to happen? You know, when are we going to be able to play? Um, what do we keep telling our guys? You know, what are we allowed to do at practice? How many guys are we allowed to have in the gym? Um, when's our first game? When's our first official practice? That, the unknown, I think, is just really difficult because the guys want to know, their parents want to know, we want to know. And I think that's the most challenging thing is, is just not knowing what's going to happen. And is the virus going to clear up? Are we going to be allowed to travel? It's just a lot of unnecessary stress. Yeah. Yeah. And something that you certainly haven't dealt with before in terms of there's it's, you know, it's felt like there's been some level of certainty of how college basketball season is going to go every year. So, so then what's, what's the approach with how, what do you guys do to help rectify that? We've just been preparing as if we're going to play, you know, we're, 
still taking it, you know, extremely serious. And, and we're trying to get our guys ready to compete, you know, November 25th is supposed to be the starting date, but who knows, you know, that, that could change. Hopefully not, but hopefully we're playing November 25th. Um, but just keep grinding and keep working. That's, that's what we're focusing on. Yeah. And it sounds like preparation has been, this theme right for for you all and you know certainly coming down from the head coach and and that's that is the best that we can do you know because look there's a bunch of there's a I mean all college uh, basketball is in the same sort of scenario and I, I know Juco they push back to you know January 1st as a start yeah. Yeah. right and and so you know coaches that are um that are in the same scenario and the unknown is probably the most difficult for everybody I think uh, Ralphie said it great that keep preparing with the intention of, of, of going with the intention of, of competing at the same level. And to what I think of when I've messed up as a, as a high school coach in the past mm -hmm. with the unknown is when I haven't communicated well, you know, and when people have so many questions, you know, just letting those questions be like be out there and not, you know, not having those conversations and not, not, there is a there's a sense of if we keep communicating and we keep talking about it that things actually the un you know like there may be unknown with what's going on with with the pandemic and and how things are going to shake out but there's not unknown in terms of the relationships and the work ethic and the preparation right. and as parents and players know that then there's a little bit of like you know what we're we're following those guys because we know what to expect we know they're going to prepare. We know, you know, they're going to take care of our kids. We know that they're, they're pushing them to vote. So how you guys are handling that at USF is, sounds fantastic. Yeah. You know, we just continue to give them a glimmer of hope. You know, we're going to play November 25th. We're going to play. And I, I believe we are, you know, unless something catastrophic were to happen with the virus, um, which, you know, I pray nothing happens. Um, yeah. But, you know, just you got to continue to give them hope every day. Hey, we're going to play. We are playing. Let's prepare. Keep continue to work hard. Stick to your values and your morals and, and what got you here. So that, that's what we, we continue to preach. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. Well, Ralphie, man, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you hopping on. You know, that West Coast time is a little bit, uh, it's a little further back, but I know it's, <laughs> it's, it's normally nice out there. Please stay safe with the wildfires and your and your guys, you. man. We're we're yeah. praying for you out here on this side of things, and thank um, you. We're really looking forward to a, a great season from you guys. Yeah, and good luck to you guys, and and you guys stay safe as well. Thank you for uh, hosting me. Absolutely, brother. We'll talk soon. All right, take care. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the F Two Basketball Podcast. Remember, you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at F2 underscore basketball. You can also search for us on Facebook and YouTube. This podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. We'll see you next time for another episode of the F2 Basketball Podcast.